This is episode number seven with Jeslyn Moyer. They take me out of the cast and my limb had died. Now, this is somebody who had made her life by the way she looked, and I have a dead arm. Accept feedback, accept criticism, make yourself better, learn something new each and every day from every conversation. Take no as a positive answer that that opportunity wasn't meant for you, that wasn't a rejection. You just weren't meant to go down that path. Welcome to Claiming Your Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Franny Nicole. When we are born, we are not told about the struggles that life will present and how it will affect us within. Over time, we begin dealing with the frustration, the loss, the huge obstacles and roadblocks that life inevitably puts in our way. And for some, this is a breaking point. And for others, this is where they thrive. Each week, we'll bring you the breakdowns and breakthrough stories from some of the most influential people in their fields. It is these stories of redemption we hope will resonate, creating a space for that is powerful, productive, and life-changing. Because when it all comes down to it, all you have to do is claim your truth. Welcome, welcome. Franny Nicole here. And for this week's mantra... It's I am beautiful. Stop self-criticizing yourself every day and repeat I am beautiful. Despite all the body image concerns you have or other self-esteem issues, it's important to recognize that you're enough and you're great in your current state. Perfection is unattainable because the bar is always changing and always being revised. You don't need to be perfect to be beautiful. Self-acceptance is the key to happiness and to love. Instead of comparing yourself to others, be happy. Be happy and content with who you are. I'm going to ask you these questions and you need to answer them honestly. Has it ever hurt you to look into your own eyes in the mirror? Do you feel disappointment and shame when you look at the shape of your own body? When someone pays you a compliment, does it feel like a joke? How many of you answered yes to all three of those? I'm guilty of answering yes to all three of those. Low self-esteem is painful. Whether you're 13 or you're 30, the pain you carry around from not feeling good enough or pretty enough or smart enough, it doesn't matter why you have low self-esteem. Maybe like me, you were bullied in school and the words of your peers cut so deeply you've never quite stitched the wound. Maybe your mother was rough and unkind and told you in no uncertain terms you were worthless. Actually, what if no one told you anything? Maybe your whole life you've thought you were pathetic and fat all on your own. This topic hits home to me. In the age where bullying can lead to suicide and countless lives have been lost to eating disorders, addictions, and other manifestations of low self-esteem, it's imperative to have tools to lift ourselves up and out of despair. I can't express enough how low self-esteem is lethal and must be pulled out of the roots. There are many ways to battle self-esteem issues. Therapy is one wonderful way, and talking with a therapist you trust can be essential. Exercise. Exercise causes the body to release endorphins, which helps one feel happier naturally. Yoga which I don't prefer, but others like it. Yoga is an essential, powerful form of exercise for this issue because it unifies the mind with the body. Affirmations are a powerful tool to trick the mind into thinking positively rather than negatively. The whole reason why I do Mantra of the Week is for the positive affirmation to rewire the way we all think. The true you has no business with low self-esteem. The real you is powerful beyond compare. I am beautiful mantra helps you touch that place of faith and strength. If you're struggling with the hidden hurt of shame, self-loathing, or unkindness to yourself, then you're listening to the perfect episode. Today's guest talks about how she felt like she had to be perfect at all times until the world came crashing down after a freak accident, which left her not being able to move her left arm. She had to learn how to look at herself and the world differently and how she triumphed because of it. Today we have Jasmine Morier. 
She is an entertainer, lifestyle television producer, media personality, and model based in Los Angeles. A Michigan girl at heart, she has brought her Midwestern charm from runways from around the world into the studio and onto the red carpet. With years of experience hosting premieres, press junkets, set tours, and some of the most glamorous live events, she has interviewed thousands of notable entrepreneurs, authors, influencers, celebrities, and pop culture <laughs> phenoms as seen on HBO, Netflix, Disney, featured in Forbes, LA times the list goes on and on recently she partnered with focus tv network to co-create produce and host good morning la la land america's first live streaming daily talk show as seen on all social media platforms in apple tv and roku integrating her love for fashion and creativity expressing and endorsing projects products and people jeslyn serves as the managing editor for focus magazine a quarterly luxury lifestyle publication as an international model jeslyn makes it a point to encourage a healthy self-image and empower women through fashion and style. Purpose and passion is to collaborate with like-minded dreamers and brands by creating and telling unforgettable stories that entertain, empower, and inspire with the hope to ignite a positive change in the world. Welcome, Jeslyn. Oh, thank you so much, Franny, for having me here of today. Course. It's truly an honor. It's nice to actually talk with you. I know we really haven't had a full conversation since meeting in last year in New York City. How fabulous was that? I mean, it was almost a surreal experience. It was. And it was surreal in a way where things happened that I didn't expect, like getting locked in on the runway for hours. Couldn't have coffee. <laughs> it was wild. Like, people were up in arms at New York Fashion Week. It was just one for the books. It really was. But I'm so glad our paths crossed yeah. there. And then we ran into each other here in Los Angeles. And I think that the universe always has divine timing Yeah, and that. like I said to you, that day when I ran into you I was just talking to a friend how I wanted to approach you and have you come on the show to talk about body image and self-confidence body confidence and then 30 minutes later I ran into you and it was just mind-blowing how the world works and the universe was telling me this is your chance if you don't ask her now she's gonna be like who are you <laughs> never Franny of course of course it's such an honor and I always say I'm always amazed never surprised I'm well, so glad welcome. that the universe brought us together on your social media you just got an award from broad network let's what was that for I'm so honored broad network is the business relationship alliance network and they honored me as a leader in innovation in media and technology oh full praise emoji that's exciting I was speechless it was very very exciting well I know that you came here from the Midwest what part of uh, the Midwest did you grow up I was born and raised in Grand Rapids Michigan so I have such a Midwest charm that hard-working ethic right like grit and grind but I say I grew up in LA because that's where I got to learn to kind of be my own person and hashtag adult and you went to school out here no, actually, I went to school in Michigan. I also studied in France, and then I did my college internship in L.A. at New Line Cinema, and it was the best summer of my life. I mean, it was like the golden ticket. I was at every premiere and press junket, and I thought, this is the land of opportunity. Dreams come true in Los Angeles. So four days after I got my degree, I went back to Michigan, finished school, saved $2,000 working at a dueling piano bar, like, and I thought, I can rule the world. Packed a U-Haul, drove cross-country, and moved to Los Angeles. No job, no apartment. Thank God for Craigslist. It had just opened, and it wasn't super creepy then, <laughs> and I never left. That is such a great story. I know just coming to LA is scary and especially coming alone that was very bold and daring of you but it turned out to be the best decision of your life absolutely I will say though that I came to LA and I already had a great group of girlfriends these okay. were friends that I had met doing our internship summer and we had all moved back to London or Pittsburgh Philadelphia and then finished school and came back to LA so I had some accountability and I had friends that became my LA family and when did you um, start your modeling career? How did that start? Well, I always had a passion for fashion, if you will. And I was, this sounds so cliche, but I was traveling in France and I was discovered. I had this moment, this gallery Lafayette and the designer was there and there were ball gowns and he said please you know you're so beautiful try on my dress there just so happened to be a pair of high heels that were exactly my size and I put on the gown and I thought oh I am living my best self right now I called my mom and I said I'm staying in France and I was 17 years old and she said absolutely not you're getting on a plane you're gonna finish school and then you can do what you want I said fine we negotiated so as soon as I moved out to Los Angeles I got a job producing satellite media tours and then got 
absolutely distracted in fashion. I signed with a great agency, with Next and with Hollywood Models, and I started working here and then traveling. I, I worked abroad in Asia. I, I went down to Mexico for a while. It was an incredible time. And then, of course, I was based here in Los Angeles working as a model. That's also exciting. I feel like the story from France is straight from a movie. Like you see Lindsay Lohan starring in that exact same story, and it's just to hear somebody actually going through it, it makes it sound so realistic and that it can actually happen to people. It, I really wish there would have been Instagram back then because that would have been such an Insta story moment. It really would. Now I can only, you know, tell it for whatever it was and well, the way I remember detailed, it. Well, it's very detailed, so I highly doubt you're making it up. And why would you? It was, it was really a storybook moment. But I'm really glad that I listened to my mom. I got a degree in broadcast journalism, which set me up for success to produce and host my own talk show. And if I would have just been swept away in Paris, who knows what would have happened. Oh, goodness. You would be, you know, you'd probably be out of it already because I think models are 20 to 27 on the runway. Is that true? Or Oh, even younger. Okay. Let's say like 14 <laughs> to 22. And I'll come out of retirement, quote unquote, if you will, once in a while. Last season, I walked in five great shows here in Los Angeles Fashion Week, totally by like surprise. So I had been hired by Fashion News Live to produce and host some red carpet interviews. And the designer comes up from upstairs and she's like, you. And I'm like, mid-interview. She's like, I need you on the runway. And I was like, no, I, I retired. She's like, no, really. <laughs> and I was like, okay, here we go. Like, who am I to say no? But I will say this. I hadn't walked a runway in seven years. I thought I was too old. I thought I was too big. And I went downstairs, and they put me through hair and makeup, and they handed me the outfit. And, of course, it was like this bralette bondage situation. I was like, what did I sign myself up for? But I got back on the runway, and, of course, I was like, this is incredible. I felt so empowered. And then I walked out of my high heel, right? Put the ego in check. The second I get back on the runway, I walked out of my shoe. Uh, but like a pro, put it back on and had my moment. And it was spectacular. But it really was so validating to me because it proved that I was wrong. It was I was wrong in my thinking that I was too old or too big to still mm -hmm. feel beautiful and empowered on a runway like that. What an amazing feeling. And to have an oops like that and still be able to come back from it is all <laughs> It's just incredible. I always feel like that would happen to me if I did runway. That certainly wasn't the first time, and I know it won't be the last. Well, I did some research on you, and I know you struggled with um, an accident. What was what happened? Like, can you go into detail on what happened? Sure. So, about six years ago, it was almost the crossroads of my of my life, if you will. Mm -hmm. I was hosting these high-end dinner parties and managing a very glamorous restaurant here in West Hollywood and had a freak accident. I'll spare you the gory details, but I slipped and fell and I cut my wrist and everything that made my hand and arm work, literally a millimeter from death. I lose consciousness. I wake back up and I think, I can't feel my hand. I'm never going to feel a man put a ring on my finger. And I pass out. And they're like, stay with us. And I come back to, and I think, I'm not going to make it. I started saying every prayer word and swear word <laughs> mixed with that I could come up with. And I woke up eight hours later after an emergency surgery at Cedar sinai And they said, you're probably not ever going to use your hand again. It's like, oh what? God. A few months later, they take me out of the cast and my limb had died. Now, this is somebody who had made her life by the way she looked. And I had a dead arm. We're talking bride of Frankenstein, oh green, goodness. weird hair, horrible nails attached to my body. Not to mention... I couldn't move it. It was totally locked and up. And you didn't feel anything when the cast was on to even suspect a problem? In this situation, it was such a traumatic accident. I was in so much pain, I could hardly see left from right. And when you're in that fog of pain and disillusion and hardly sleeping or eating, I, I had no idea what was happening until I saw my arm that way. And the doctor said, well, we're going to have to amputate. So I called my mom. She got an emergency flight, flew across country, and said, we're going to go for every second, third, and fourth opinion we can. And I did. And they said, everything is experimental, but you're welcome to try. So for the next three years of my life, I went through every sort of experimental treatment I could. Stellate ganglion nerve blocks, really, they went and they blocked 
the nerves that connected my brain to my arm to trick my body to recirculating it. Every day was physical therapy, acupuncture, occupational therapy, pain management, prescription drugs like you wouldn't believe. My blood pressure was through the roof. I didn't look like myself. I didn't feel like myself. I thought that my whole life was over. And then slowly but surely, I learned how to manage the condition I had developed, which was called reflex sympathetic dystrophy. And I took the time out, right? I couldn't work. I couldn't sleep. I could barely eat anything, let alone put on a gown and feel great about myself and, you know, work in a restaurant or strut a runway, whatever it was. I was doing everything I could to get through the day. And I really took that time off to delve into myself because if I was going to heal physically, I had to heal spiritually mentally, emotionally, and there was some work that I needed to do. So I read every self-development book my physical therapist would recommend, and he was great. He was, it's funny because we were literally like holding hands, right, for years, but he really held my hand through my healing, and I had great friends and, you know, great partner and great family that really helped support me through that time because I was not my best self, and I was terrified, and slowly but surely I started, you know, figuring out how to manage my new way of life. And even still to this day, I'm disabled. I'll be disabled for the rest of my life, but I never want to wear that label, quote unquote, if you will. But even even still now, this is something I'm dealing with and managing. I just do my best to make it look good. Yeah, because I would have never, when I first heard that story um, from your other podcast episode, I couldn't believe it because you hold yourself together so well and you're, you present yourself well that you, there is nothing, I mean, you look perfect on the outside and it's one thing that's bad about our society that people who look perfect are hurting on the inside and people are so quick to judge them for that and you never know what struggles are going through and I can only imagine how people look at you and the positive or negative things they may say and you're you're trying to cover up something that's mentally hurt like it's something that you're battling oh completely what kept you going I mean I it sounds horrific It was horrific. For a long time, I was really mad, to tell you the truth. I was mad for years. I couldn't believe not only had my body let me down, but I felt like the universe let me down. I was like, God, why did you lose the GPS in my life? I'm totally just spinning. I was meant to be more than this, greater than this. Like, I guess I'd have to give up. And I was really upset about that. And then I had this very powerful moment where I forgave myself. And that that might seem silly or far-fetched, but really forgiving myself for not being able to be perfect and recognize that this was a journey that I had to go through to heal and to heal in a lot of ways. Like I said earlier, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and maybe that this was a situation that I was going to be able to use to really, you know, connect with people and to inspire people. This is part of my journey and these are some of my darkest hours. There will be light at the end of this tunnel. I just don't know how I'm going to walk in it because I'm going to have to walk in it differently now that I have a disability. I love that because I feel like a lot of people who may have had an accident or something traumatic happen in their life hold it as a crutch why they can't do something anymore and why they are who they are and if they only were stronger as they can be they can come out exactly like how you are right now and it's just empowering statement what you just said to um how you kept going well thank you it took me a long time to figure it out that's for sure what is one thing you consistently say to yourself in your lowest moments. I have been and I always will be everything I need to accomplish my goals and fulfill the desires of my heart. I've never heard, I've heard so many different affirmations and mantras and I've never heard that one. That was absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Can you say it again? I have been and I always will be everything I need to accomplish my goals and fulfill the desires of my heart. I love that. I'm going to have to say that too. I mean, that's <laughs> very original and very personal to yourself that it's just incredible. Just a reminder that I am enough. Yes. I was given everything I need, even if it's being challenged to the very core of my being. Well, it definitely worked, and you're <laughs> amazing and stunning. Thank and you, Granny. what was the healing process? Like, your arm, I see you moving in, and I see, like, what what happened to that you were able to get, like, make it alive again? If- uh, well, it was by the great work of an amazing team of doctors. But like I said, The thing with my disability is that you might not see it, but I feel it. So I can't straighten my fingers. I can't put my hand down. Good thing in LA, talking with your hands is very socially appropriate (laughs) because if I put my hand down, I lose circulation in my arm. Oh, goodness. I constantly hold a cup of coffee because the heat helps it from not locking up. 
uh, from putting shooting pains up my arm that will literally drop me to my knee. So while you can look at me and think, oh, well, you're, you're healed. I'm not. I've just learned how to manage it and, and fake it till you make it. Yeah. It's a blessing and a curse to look better than I feel. Oh, wow. It's like they say no pain, no gain. It's just you're in pain every day just so you can live a normal, quote, unquote, lifestyle. Absolutely. Well, everything that you've done with managing editor and co-hosting a TV show that's huge, that I would say is huge, or I'm sure a lot of people would say, how did that all get put together? Well, it, it was an interesting journey for me, really, and just remembering what it was that I loved and what it was that I was called to do. And really recognizing and honoring what my body wasn't physically capable of anymore and being able to settle into the fact that I can use my voice, I can tell a story, I can create a platform for other people to share their trials and their triumphs and celebrate their success. So really, in such an ironic way, I was forced to do what I'm meant to be doing, which is hosting, talking. I can do that even though... I'm in constant pain with my arm, but I I can tell a story. So I started doing that again. I started putting myself in positions of opportunity. I I got back on the red carpet. I started volunteering my time doing that. I volunteered with different media outlets because I wasn't able and I was scared. I I didn't know if I could make that commitment or how I was going to be feeling. What if my arm hurt that day or I went to hold the microphone and I dropped it because my hand wasn't working or it was purple or whatever it was, you know? But I put myself back out there and the key was being ready. And in that really dark space where I thought my life was totally over, it's like one of the few times I heard the voice of God, if you will. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Everything's over. And it it was just be ready, be ready. And so for an entire year, I lived as if I was ready. Even though I was ready just to go to physical therapy and acupuncture and go about my healing process, I lived ready for opportunity, whatever it would be. And I took it step by step as simple as it was, right? Get your nails done. For me, that was being ready. Have my lashes on for me that was being ready get my hair done have yeah. the dress for whatever it was because for me the way I presented myself was always very important to me it's just the way I was raised it's just in my DNA fashion empowered me so I empowered myself to be ready for opportunity and then the call came hey can you go to the Beverly Hilton and do this interview hey there's a premiere in Hollywood hey Warner Brothers wants you to come over and I just started every each and every time have the dress have the shoes, keep the lashes, whatever it was, just just be ready. And I set myself up for success in that way. And one day I, I was ready for a pool party being very responsible. And they said, hey, come and do an interview. And like a domino effect, that interview led to me co-creating Good Morning La La Land. That is so inspiring because I find myself always kind of doing the similar thing where I feel like I have to be ready too. Like I have my nails done, my eyelashes. Not like anyone's calling me (laughs) for things like that, but I think it's something that a lot of women go through. Like they feel like they have to be ready, whether they are just going to go to the store or they're going to, you know, just that way when they get that call, quote unquote, they're ready. Well, and for me, it wasn't about, and this was an interesting mindset flip. It wasn't about appearing to be perfect, right? For a Mm -hmm. long time, I lived like ready, if you will, right? The nails, the hair, whatever it was, the perfect little outfit, because I was trying to please somebody else. And then I really realized I was trying to be ready for myself. And that was my expression of it. I'm ready to receive. I'm ready to show up the way I want to show up, the way I want to feel. So really, it wasn't about the way other people saw my nails. It's about how I felt when I went to shake their hand. You know what I mean? That's a good way of putting it. I want to say I... I'm half and half like I I'm a lot of the times I'm doing it for other people but then a lot of the times I'm doing it for myself like screw everyone I'm doing this for me but then oh I have to have my nails done I need to have my eyelashes and it's just is that for me or is that for them (laughs) I encourage you to make it all about you yes I want to I will I am good so what do you what is the most important quality or characteristics for success that you feel that you've learned or can share mindset is key thousand percent and manage your expectations because it does not happen overnight you have to love what you do so much especially in this town they say pay to do what you're going to want to do then you do it for free and then you get paid to do it accept feedback accept criticism make yourself better learn something new each and every day from every conversation take no as a positive answer that that opportunity wasn't meant for you that wasn't a rejection you just weren't meant to go down that path and when I really accepted that in my mindset it was a life-altering way that I was able to step into the responsibility I have now that's 
awesome because I feel like when people hear no, they feel that that opportunity is just over or dead and then they doubt themselves or their dream. Absolutely. They feel that they can't do it because one person said no, just go to the next person. Listen, before my accident, when I was modeling here in LA or you know anywhere else in the world, if I heard no, I took it so personally. I wasn't thin enough. I wasn't pretty enough if I would have been more perfect. When I had my accident and I quote unquote forgave myself for not being perfect and really just embraced the perfectly imperfect version of who I am, game changer. I approach every opportunity so much differently now because I know it's not a reflection of my value or my worth. Yeah, you have a vision and even though someone says no, you're like, okay, well, you don't see my vision, then this is not meant to be. Cool. You do you, boo. Have a good day. (laughs) I'm going to go for rosé now. Bye. Yeah, exactly. I would love to hear a day in Jeslin, like from morning to evening. What is a day during the week from... Good morning, Lala Land. Like, what stepping in your shoes? What does your day look like? Well, it's interesting because I have a morning show and I'm not a morning person. I'm my best self at 9 p.m. at night, but I have to wake up. So I get up at like 5 a.m., get myself to the gym if oh, I can goodness. make it there. Then I get to my show and I get myself camera ready and prepare for the guests. We have anywhere between five and 10 guests a day that we have to prepare for. And we're a live morning show. We don't tape as live, we're live. And that's very unapologetic in the best way. And then I get to have a great conversation with Dr. Aaron, who's a master in spirituality. Rob Mack, who's mastered happiness. It's like life school. I have like two permanent life coaches with me every day. And then we interview the most incredibly inspiring people, entrepreneurs, actors, authors, just change makers that are not only based here in LA, but from all over the world. Last week, somebody actually flew in from South Africa to tell her story. That's incredible that you're making such an impact worldwide shocking like in all the best ways and so at you know at 10 we take some pictures on the red carpet and then we're off to the races so that's preparing for guests for the following day for the rest of the week and then booking months out conversations with publicists and managers and agents and then of course making appearances right there's events you have to go to and gifting suites to attend and red carpets to host and then the occasional runway for me or the photo shoot so basically six days a week it's a version of of that every day. It sounds fun. I mean, it, I'm like, when can I go? <laughs> I'm living my best life. It, it is absolutely fun. It is a lot of hard work. I'm not going to lie. On top of that, being the managing editor of Focus Magazine, it does require a lot of work. It requires a lot of focus. So while I'm having a great time, I'm also working. And that's been an interesting, you know, thing because a lot of people think, oh, you're just out there, you know, on a red carpet. No, th- for me, that's work. That That's yeah. showing up. That's supporting my guests. That's supporting our sponsors and advertisers of creating strategic relationships with people and personal relationships with people. That's yeah. that's what I do for a living. And I'm incredibly blessed to have that responsibility, but it is a responsibility. Well, anything as successful as your show comes with extremely hard work that nobody ever sees. They just see the success and they don't see that the blood and sweat and tears that get poured into making it as successful as it has been. Yeah. But they say if you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. So I haven't worked a day in my life, apparently. Uh, (laughs) But I do love what I do. It sounds like a dream come true, especially hearing your story and the struggles and the breakdowns and how you're able to elevate from something that's so traumatic and to see you thriving because of it. And like you said, if you went to France and you had that life, how completely different your life would be and the different choices that we, we make in our lives as human beings and how it can alter your life completely. Like imagine if you did take that route and just and maybe it didn't work out as modeling and you would have been back in Michigan but then you had your use of your arm but then now you have now that you have the pro- the I don't want to say disability but as you said the yeah. the problem but then you're living your dream. Which would you rather which alternate reality would you want to live? I, this reality. Yeah. Hands down. It's so inspiring because you're using the pain to push you farther. Absolutely. And being able to have experienced what I did with with my condition and utilizing that to connect and inspire and encourage others is incredible. And I'm honored to be able to have, like I said, that responsibility. I'm just like taken back because I feel like a lot of things that in comparison is bad. And I know a lot of people feel like, well, I'm going through something worse than you and you don't know pain or you don't know. But for me, I would say I've been through a lot. I would say that, you know, I've suffered from pain, but compared to you, mine are... It's like nothing and it's just it's so humbling to hear other people's stories and there's another reason why I have this platform is to heal myself by helping by hearing other stories and by healing others and sharing relatable stories it just makes me grateful 
for you know that the things that I didn't have to that I did haven't gone through and this makes the things that I ha- appreciate my life for what it has been even if it was hard isn't that interesting because we all have our own personal wars and our own realities and our yeah. own trials and you shouldn't minimize your own journey or your own pain in comparison to anyone else's because it's still affecting you so deeply yeah. but to be able to have the platform that you've created and to service your audience and, and yourself in healing is such a unique awesome opportunity right thank you it's very humbling because until that person is sitting across from me I don't really know them I I know what I've researched about them what I've heard about on different podcasts about you and hanging out with you for a couple days but it wasn't until you're sitting down here I got to get to know who Jeslyn is what you've shared with me so far and it's just a completely different not that I was judging you in any way but just a completely different vision than I you know from meeting you in New York fashion week oh I'm going to the Prada it wasn't Prada but I'm going to this show or I gotta this leave party. early because I'm going to this show and I was like is there an extra ticket <laughs> it's interesting though how much of our life is our, in our judgments are based around assumptions yeah it's horrible that we make the assumptions we make about other people about other circumstances I encourage you to read the four agreements because living my life by them definitely altered my mindset and that was a recommendation by Dr. Brian Spencer who was my physical therapist at Hollywood Hands and one of the four agreements is to not make assumptions and when I thought I was like oh it's my intuition is telling me x y or z no girl you're making a hard assumption right now about somebody's reaction or presentation or the way they showed up or what's going to happen when you go in the room and my anxiety was based on an assumption I was making that had no justification at all all my anxiety that I currently have comes from assumptions like I feel that I create like I have mental battles with but the conversation that probably isn't going to happen like let's say I have I know I have to meet with HR tomorrow I'm making this story up and then I I tell myself it's going to go this way and assume and I start up getting upset because it's going to go this way but it's who knows how it's gonna go it could be like oh hey you forgot this in the bathroom I'm giving this to you and, it, and I'm over here thinking I'm gonna get fired and they're handing me a set of keys that I forgot <laughs> last Absolutely. week or something and it's assuming and that's just a different angle of looking at it but then like meeting you I was kind of like in awe like you're beautiful and tall and thin and kind of like aspiring of who I would have liked to be and I was just like, oh, wow, she's living her best life. And that's, it made me sad because I was just like, wow, someone's living their best life. And I didn't feel that way. And it wasn't anything towards you, but it was just made me feel like I need to change what I'm doing so I can look at myself the way I look at Jaslyn because I want to feel that way. And I, ha- I mean, I'm assuming that you're living your best life and that you have all this glamour and glitz and, and the whole time you're suffering in pain and all these things. And I'm like, oh, wow, I want to be like Jaslyn. I want to be, you know, and it was just very inspiring like watching your show and you're so put together and you're very on cue especially since it's live and coming from someone who's just coming out into the so so-called entertainment world with a podcast and very critical I'm very judging of myself and to see you very confident it was like okay I need to look at myself and see what I need to change versus assuming someone so perfect well thank you for sharing that with me I, I went really off on a tangent on no, no 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 but I, I really <laughs> appreciate that so much Franny because sometimes I question myself and I wonder oh am I am I doing this right or is this translating is anyone connecting to this and to know that you are even if you are the only one then I've done my job I've lived my truth and I've inspired you to live your best life and that to me is the most fulfilling thing that that there is like to enrich other people's lives that's what I live for I'm glad you feel that way I was so nervous to reach out to you on Instagram because even though we've met like I'm not that I'm no one but I'm just starting out and I'm new it's just like why would she want to come on my show like number seven episode seven I was like you know what she's a human being I'm a human being it's just she can say no just to not ask is when you're automatically gonna fail well I'm so glad you asked (laughs) I really am I think this is a really important conversation it really is thank you and I actually watched an episode um, in November women's empowerment 
and I ended up going to like the Women's Empowerment Luminary Awards because she, she promoted it on your show and I met some incredible people just from watching one episode of Good Morning La La Land and I, it kills me the, the Global Women Empowerment Network yes and I met some incredible people and I got to hear incredible stories like Anna Lynn McCoy was there and shared her story about sex trafficking and like but it was just if I didn't watch your show I would have never known and I'm all about empowerment especially with women and so I like watching your show I sound like a fan right now Uh, well, I love that uh, for one. And two, I think that's so great because that's really one of our main intentions with the show is to really inspire and empower people. It's really an alternative show. You know, we're mainstreaming consciousness, but we're also telling people stories and hoping that our audience connects in a way that their lives are enriched. It's not hot topics. It's not gossip. It's not hard news. We're really like the alternative for that. And the fact that enriched your life again. Yeah. Like, and yes. that's what I like about it. It's, I don't have to hear about the Kardashians. I don't have to hear about the war. I don't have to hear about things that you hear on CNN and on E! News. This is like real relatable things that you can use in your daily life. Nutrition, you talk about nutrition a lot and um, spirituality. And it's just things that, a way to look at yourself in a more positive way that it makes you want to come back to hear more because it's not just gossip. Yay. Yeah. I'm so grateful to hear that. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad. And, I, and I, it's funny because when I was telling people I was having you come on the show, I was like, yeah, I watched that show. And I was like, really? Like, I'm not the only one? <laughs> no, you're Ob- not, apparently. No, obviously I'm not because you have, like, millions of views. But that's that's what's kind of crazy about this whole thing, too, is because it, there's been so much momentum, and I've just had my head down and working so hard that for me to, like, to go to New York and to meet people who have seen my show in New York when it's Good Morning La Land and that people are flying in from all over the world. What? What did we create? It's been 16 months, but, you know, we're touted kind of as the new kids on the block with this morning show thing we've we've made, and it's very exciting. I was just going to say the exact word. It is, it's very exciting just to see it in action. I can only imagine what it feels like to be on the other side filming and get to – see those end results and be proud I'm sure you're so proud I'm really proud I am (laughs) and when I remember to be uh it's hard not to get caught up in the day-to-day tasks of it all and for me I'm definitely a yes girl so I'm overcommitted and I work really hard and then I woke up 16 months later and whoa I'm on the claiming your truth podcast and I'm across from you we met in New York and you know just kind of taking a moment to reflect on it it is very humbling that's awesome I love it all because I'm one six weeks in with the podcast and I've had a huge success in my eyes and I've had two magazine articles printed about it I'm in eight different countries and 97 different cities and cheers to that cheers to that and at first there's a thousand other podcasts like this there's Lewis Howes there's Rich Rolls there's Jay Shetty what makes me different? I'm just recreating what they're already doing. And to hear the success about your show, like there's million shows, talk show, like shows. And for me, I didn't doubt the success, but it was kind of shocking for it to do so well so quickly. And that I was like, oh, wow, like it's, I'm the reason why it's doing well. It's not because it's like Lewis House or like Jay Shetty's show. It's just because I'm the one who is making it her way and different and same with your shows like there may be millions of other good morning shows but there's not one that's with jeslyn with dr aaron and mac and just like you guys make it so unique and that's how i need to look at my 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 podcast even though there's a million others doing the exact same thing what makes a difference is what i'm doing isn't that an incredible lesson in life like overall like nobody's gonna wear it like you do nobody's gonna show up the way you do nobody's gonna have the conversation the way you will and that in and of itself is enough this is like well you don't recreate the wheel if someone's already doing it and it's like well they're not doing it with franny you know so here i am look at world what are you most excited about for the future for this year is my phone ringing oh my gosh yes (laughs) my phone is ringing ah faux pas sorry about that i had it on vibrate but then it's still obviously alerts you Um, like i should have mentioned it before what are you most excited about for your future for this year what's 
going on this year for you? I am so excited just to wake up and do what I love to do every single day. And I live to expect the unexpected. So I don't even know what that is. I made a vision board and I burned it because I believe that the universe, God, whatever it is you believe in, has something in store for me bigger and better than I could imagine for myself. And I'm just going to show up for life that way. That's an interesting way of looking at it because I feel like a lot of people manifest and put up their vision boards. And I think I, I like how you put that. I like how that's a different view of just letting things happen, letting the chips land where they fall or whatever that saying is and just letting go it is what it is if this is gonna happen it happens and everything that happens it's gonna happen anyway so it's just accepting it absolutely trusting the universe rob mack my co-host on good morning lala land really taught me to practice the art of allowing he says you know don't do it if it's upstream do what feels right for you do what brings you joy happiness peace and then it will flow to you and at first I was like oh come on I got to manifest that house in Beverly Hills I want that 90210 zip code and I need those Louboutins and I want to go to Paris and you know and I and I do have goals and I think it's important to write those down so you take active action steps for them but I'm not trying to you know manifest some end game for myself I'm just allowing it to unfold the way it's perfectly meant to. And it's going to be messy. I'll admit, my life is a pretty hot mess most of the time. I like to say it's H-A-U-T-E, and sometimes it's <laughs> the other one. But, you know, I, I, so I'm just excited. I'm excited for whatever it is that's going to happen. That's great. I like, I like hearing different um, perspectives of things that people are so adamant of. Like, you need to manifest. You need to do this. If you don't write it down, it's not going to happen. you got to repeat it every day. And, yes, that's great because I do it. But to hear a different perspective, that way you can see all the different angles, all the different sides of how people accomplish the things that they've been through or that they've succeeded with. Thanks. I yeah. really encourage you just to accept it the way it is <laughs> and the way it's meant to be and trust that you're doing enough to get there. If you could talk to your younger self, what would you tell her? Stop trying to be perfect. You'll have a lot more fun and you'll get further faster if you don't limit yourself by your own ideas of what perfection is what was perfect for you what was being perfect what did perfect look like perfect looked like meeting everyone and by everyone I mean like society my parents my friends expectations of who they thought I was and who they wanted me to be down to the way I I looked that was a you know perfection an ideal and an image that I put on myself right like maintain that perfect size too and you know have the perfect dress and the perfect outfit and you know get the job and get the husband and perfect 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 make no mistakes right I made a lot of mistakes I really did and I was so upset and disappointed all of the time with so many things when I was growing up and I felt bad that I wasn't perfect and being perfect you know equated to being loved on you know and it made conditional expectations on the people I loved and that wasn't right or fair of me to put that Mm -hmm. on them you know so I would really encourage my younger self to to stop trying to be so perfect all the time that's a great way I, I would say the same thing to myself too because I felt for different reasons I wanted to be perfect because I felt like I wasn't pretty and I wasn't you know I was more curvy and I just kind of wanted to be somebody else and be perfect like that cosmopolitan cover that model that skinny model and I wanted to be perfect which was what I was been striving for for 15 years and finally in the last year I'm like you know what screw everyone I am who I am who's perfect no one no you're striving for to be Barbie to be a doll for an image that doesn't exist in reality it only exists in your own head exactly that's the craziest part of that it's crazy to think about that because the words that we say to ourselves are so horrible, but if we heard someone else say that to us, like it would be we would fight them. But we say we turn around and say those things to ourselves and we accept it and we consume it. But if someone else said it about us, like you would be at battle war with them, but we are our own worst enemy. So it's just like why don't allow yourself to say that to yourself more than letting someone else say it. Absolutely. Someone once encouraged me to not talk to myself the way I wouldn't talk to my younger self, right? She said, imagine six-year-old Jeslyn. What would you tell her? I thought, well, certainly what I didn't just tell myself right now because that wasn't very nice. And I probably wouldn't swear to a six-year-old. So maybe I need to reframe that. And it took a long time before I wasn't saying those horrible, nasty things to myself. And then another expert told me to practice mirror talk and I was like what I am not going to talk to myself in the mirror like no but I tried it 
And I wasn't the kind of girl that could put a post-it note or write in lipstick on the mirror. Like that didn't really work for me. I wasn't buying it. I had to look myself in the eye and I had to affirm myself. And she gave me a list of things. I am loved. I am beautiful. Not you, but I. And to look at myself in the mirror and say those things about myself was so hard to do. Because the first things I thought were, I need to pluck my eyebrows. I need to get my roots. Oh my God, is that a gray? I mean, as soon as I saw myself in the mirror, I would think everything that was wrong with me. So critical. So critical. And I was like, hey, I'm looking good today. Whatever. No, no. It was everything that was wrong with me. But then I still said those things to myself. And I said them again. And again, and if I didn't say them in the morning, in the bathroom mirror, then I said them in the rear view mirror in my car on the way to the studio. And then slowly but surely, those were the first things I thought when I looked in the mirror. I, I wasn't thinking about the eyebrows or the hair or my outfits. I was thinking, I am loved. I am beautiful. And it totally affected the way I showed up and the way I spoke to myself when I saw my reflection. That is awesome and very inspiring because I feel like a lot of everyone, not a lot, everyone should look at themselves and say those words and believe it and love themselves, me included. Right. It's so hard not to look in the mirror and think what you want to change about yourself or what's wrong. Yeah, and especially living in Los Angeles, the body image and people, like no one's skinny enough. No one is satisfied, especially being in the modeling world where you come from. I can only imagine the things you saw in the from someone being anorexic or somebody who just body shaming themselves. Oh, absolutely. I was body shaming myself when I was working in fashion all the time. It was really hard. I was getting paid to show up a certain size and I'd freak out if I had a, a pimple that day or I was bloated that week. And then 10 years later, I realized even if I saw myself on camera and my hair wasn't perfect, it was almost endearing. I could laugh about it because I realized it didn't matter. And I, I fully recognize I'm one of the few people who's had that experience. And I'm very, very grateful for that. But I, I forgave myself, like I said, for not being perfect. And then it became funny. It became endearing. I would look at you and, and love the way you, you showed up. And you might look at yourself and say, oh, I hated that top with those jeans and blah, blah, blah. But I was like, I thought it was great. And to be able to look at myself now and, and see myself that way has been a huge transformation for me because it wasn't that way before. And it's not that way for a lot of people, especially in L.A., because there is a serious amount of comparison. Yeah, and especially with photoshops or people who can afford the million dollars in surgery to look like Kylie Jenner or to look a certain way. And just people, it's not realistic. It's not how our bodies were made unless you have all that money to reform yourself. Oh, absolutely. Now you don't even need all that money because there's Facetune. Yeah, I don't have it, but I've, I've seen There's it. A, yeah, an app on the phone that'll cinch in that waist and perk up that butt and make you look the way you want to look, even if it's just tweaking it 10, 20%. And then you slide it through some other Lightroom and that, those filters, and then you post it on Instagram. I mean, let's be real. So many people are editing themselves that way. Yeah. So who are we to compare ourselves when we look in the mirror to some face-tuned, Lightroomed Insta story? Yeah, I mean, I have to admit, like, I do use the Instagram filters, like, the different colors oh, and absolutely. stuff. absolutely. I do, too. But I find myself liking that more than the person I look at in the mirror. So when I take a picture and I don't have that vivid filter, because <laughs> vivid is my favorite one. Okay. It's, I'm unhappy. And it's just like, oh, I look pale. I need this, like, one that makes me look tan. And it's that way I can be tan in all my photos. So now every photo that I take, I don't like just because it doesn't have that different coloring. It's where it's a delusion of our Absolutely. like before I didn't notice anything about my skin color. But now that I have that option of creating different background color, I'm like, oh, I look like more bronzy. I look more I'm glowing. And now when I'm not glowing in photos, I'm hideous. And I look exactly the same as the other <laughs> photo. I'm just not glowing. It's a mind fuck. It, it, and I'm starting to notice imperfections about myself because of those filters, because of the filters that other people use and that you, you're not seeing the mold that they have on their face or just their imperfections. And I'm like, oh, I can't post this picture because it's not perfect. And it is perfect because it's who I am. So as I use filters, it's they still suck. I still use them, but I it the way the world is, it sucks with it's hard. I mean, I really try and use the filter stylistically because I want the same kind of color tones mm -hmm. and the tints. But, I mean, I've never done an Insta story without the sparkle filter thing, at least, you know? Like, sometimes I just try and utilize 
the filters for style or personality yeah, as opposed it. to like d- trying to hide like or- in like the the profile look like that's what I mean like I like to have it like to sync up the same colors but then you get used to seeing yourself in that shade <laughs> in Absolutely. a way so or the vintage or you know <laughs> xx pro or whatever yeah, and it and, and it's like why do I look so like pale or dark or am I look like I have bad it's just I need a little Paris in my life. Swipe left right now. <laughs> All I can say, I'm glad I didn't grow up with social media because the things that kids go through today to be 12, to be 13, and have Instagram and have and to be insecure because you're maybe a little, you still have that baby weight on you, but all your friends are skinny. And you'll grow out of it, but you don't really notice how much baby weight you have until you're on a social media and you, you start comparing yourself instead of just going to school. I do just- think there's a real interesting shift, though, that's happening. I think we're coming out of a season of some hard and solid comparison for the past two and three years because of social media, but now there's this rise of authenticity, right? The hashtag no filters and the way that people want to show up yes. and be individual because they don't want to be the same copy carbon copy image of somebody they saw on Pinterest or Instagram. That's not cool anymore. Now people want to be authentic. And I think there's Original. an interesting shift happening because of that. I totally see that. I Now that you say that, I see that all the time. I guess for me, it's because I have kids that I, I was like, I was fearful. I was fearful for them to go to school and get bullied more because of the image that they needed to be to live up to the social media standards. Yeah, it's the Wild West with social media. We'll see what happens the next few years with it. And that one day that Instagram was down. (laughs) The one day Instagram was down. And I was at an event, and it was a women's event. There was 300 women in a room freaking out because nobody could post their Insta stories. We're all like, are we being attacked? Is this some sort of cyber attack? What's happening? Is this a cruel joke? I mean, that was a weird day. But it was so great because once we all got over that and put our phones down, Everyone connected in a way that was so real and authentic. It was like, thank you, universe, for shutting down Instagram. I love it. I actually didn't know it was down until the next day when people were like, oh, my God, can you believe Instagram was down yesterday? (laughs) Oh, you haven't heard from me because Instagram was down. I was like, Instagram was down? (laughs) It was a thing. But I guess since I, you know, wasn't – I mean, I'm on Instagram every two seconds, but I guess that day, it just happened to be I was actually working (laughs) at my desk doing my job I get paid for doing. But it's just crazy to think about a world if we didn't have, like, what happens if social media was all gone? Like, how we would be and how, like you said, authentic and actually connecting with people on an in-person level versus the filters and the personas, the masks that we wear. Yeah. I'm glad we get to connect right now in person with Rosé Sans Filter just yes. right here right now. Bright light. I, I just enjoy so. I just enjoy it because it's so authentic and it's not okay, we're going to talk about the cheating scandal uh, and it's just like okay, every news, I mean you may touch some things that are Sure, but we're but, approaching the conversation very differently. Yeah, and it's kind of like, how can we help you? Who can we bring on the show that will benefit our audience, not just want them to it to be a soap opera? Exactly. And that's how I look at it. I don't know how anyone else sees the show, but that's how why I keep coming back. That's our intention with to it. Watch so I'm it. glad that that's translated. And that was another reason why I wanted to have you on the show is because you're doing something that is so inspiring. It's like, I want to be a part of that. I'm like, I want to be a part of that empowerment movement. Whether I'm part of your show or not, I want to be cons- like part of that. You are. World. I mean, Claiming Your Truth podcast, that's a pretty bad name. <laughs> Thank you. I, I had a few different ones before I came down to that one, but I'm very happy with it. What are your goals? Okay, what goals are you currently working on now? I know you said you're letting the world just throw at you, whatever happens, happens, but what are your goals for the year? Sure. One of my goals is to create a few products with my namesake. So I'm currently working on a wine. I'm really excited about that. That is really exciting. Yeah. Uh, and some personalized cosmetics as well as guest designing, a couple other things, accessories and fashion items. So hopefully within the next year, I'll be launching a few Jasmine exclusives. Well, you'll definitely have to about. keep me in the loop. That way I can promote you as best as I can, whether it's on here or any other platform I have. Well, absolutely. Definitely fan here, as you can tell. <laughs> I'm excited to share them with you. 
what would you tell someone who is currently struggling with body confidence, self-image, or even a disability in their life? What would you tell them? I would highly encourage them if they're struggling with any kind of body image or disability to really do some work on where they're at mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. Because really learning to love yourself in that way will completely affect the way you see yourself in the mirror. Yeah, very true. Because it's not what happened to you. It's how you look at yourself from that event. Absolutely. Size zero to size six, whatever it is. Or size 22. Yeah. Do your own personal spiritual work and emotional work and mental work and set yourself straight because that's how you're going to really learn to see yourself truly and authentically. Agreed. Totally agree. What do you feel your moment, the moment in your life where you felt like you were living a life that wasn't yours and you had to claim your truth? Interesting. I don't think I ever had the moment, that aha moment. I had a few years of it after my accident where I just didn't feel myself. And so it was just like a, almost like a gradual awakening. There wasn't the lights went on and then I saw, aha, it was like a slow burn. I wish it was as easy as flipping a switch, but it was definitely a six-year slow burn for my awakening. For yeah, sure. I mean, it's different for everyone. And if it, you know, some people could wake up and be like, you know what, I'm done. I'm done taking the abuse or I'm done doing this. This is not who I am or I've been hiding the whole time. And then, like you said, it can take a gradual where it's like, okay, taking one day at a time and getting better and better until you have a talk show for 16 months that's very successful. (laughs) Absolutely. It was really seriously one day at a time, one foot in front of the other. I think that's how everyone should look at everything, period. Take it one day at a time. Don't don't think about tomorrow. Don't think about next week. Just focus on today and getting through today. I agree. So uh, what is your go-to restaurant in Los Angeles? Like, Where is like your favorite place to eat anywhere but your favorite place? Craig's, hands down. Craig's, okay. I'm a Craig's girl. I'm a big fan. Uh, their community has always been super welcoming to me. I love the food. It's like high quality comfort food right like a foodie take on things I grew up on and they have the best vegan ice cream Craig's Vegan it's now available at Air One or online a little shout out for Craig's Vegan uh, and their Melrose mint trip like speaks to my soul Craig's is across from Gracia's Madre yes okay. it is see I looked at that place more like a like a lounge restaurant am I right absolutely I've never been there I've been to Gracias Madres and I always see the line get trying to get reservations or like the wait time just for Craig's is it's worth it from what I hear as what you're saying. But I've only just seen it from afar. Like, oh, one day I'll make it to Craig's. <laughs> I love Craig's. Craig's is good to me. That's awesome. I love what I love the restaurants in West Hollywood, period. I just everything is so unique there. Yeah. From or I mean, there's the pump like restaurants that has Lisa Vanderpump, but I wouldn't say that's a very much of a chain, but just more of a... That's a scene. That's a scene. That's yes. what we call it in West Hollywood. That's a scene. Uh, have you yeah. been to Tom Tom yet? I have. Okay. I, I went to I've Tom been, Tom. I've been dying to go since it's open, but it's, it's just always madness. It is so cool. It's cooler <laughs> in real life than it is on camera, by okay. the way. And their cocktail program is spectacular. I had their version of a spicy marg amazing okay because i've been to and i live i'm born and raised in la i don't watch real housewives beverly hills i don't watch vanderpump i I just but when you live out of town in reality they other people love those shows so my girlfriends came to la we want to go on a vanderpump tour so i was okay it's july end of july i'm I'm gonna put it together we started off at pump we went to sir and they're like oh my god the waitress the waiter oh my god we had to take pictures but it's just such surreal. It's just a moment for me. I'm like, I have no idea who these people are. And I live a mile from Pump, a mile and a half from Pump. So it's just crazy how people look at L.A. and the restaurants that are just like, oh, yeah, I, I went there on Tuesday for breakfast. And they're like, oh, my God, we have to get reservations. I'm like, really? You're just like this. It's a Monday afternoon. <laughs> okay, L.A. really can be la-la land. And yeah. sometimes when we're living our own crazy day-to-days here in this awesome city we get to call home, we forget that the rest of the world looks at it through the lens of a camera and this crazy scripted reality show. And, you know, it's it's really awesome to just be able to be a tourist in your own city that way yeah. sometimes and see it through their eyes. And I it's was fun. 
really grateful because I got to, not in this weekend, but I got to personally meet Lisa Vanderpump at her Vanderpump Dogs charity event. November, I believe it was. And she's the sweetest person I've ever met. And just, and not that I ever had anything negative to say about the show, but when you have multiple reality shows and drama and gossip and you're, you live in LA, you just kind of want to stay away. You don't want to be involved. You don't want to be go to those restaurants. But going on that tour with my friends, with one of my best friends who I love, and I was so honored to be able to take her on this tour. I got, like you said, I got to see it in her eyes. And then meeting Lisa and just seeing the, they're all, they're, they're just human beings. And they're just so, I guess you could say I was judging them because I was just like, oh, you know, they're just this superficial, they have their show and they have their restaurants. And it just, I got to see it from a different view and actually see them for just being who, just like who I am, like a, a human being. And it was nice and to see it from their view and then meeting Lisa, like meeting you, like from somebody who watches your show all the time and then meeting you as a person. It's just, you get to see a different side. That's one of my favorite things is when you actually get to cross paths with these like perceived celebrities and then get to know them as a person. You're like, oh, wow, you are real. You're just like me. You have to go to the grocery store. You have to use the bathroom. You, like you go to eat. the car wash. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You have sadness in your life. You have, I mean, we're all the same. When we die, our bones are the same. You know, we process everything the same. So it's just we're all the same, no matter what color, race. So going back to a day in Jeslin, where can people find you if people want to connect with you after the show? Like, how can people reach out to you? Well, everyone can watch live Monday through Friday, Good Morning La La Land from 9 to 10. It's simulcast on all socials, as you mentioned at the beginning of this podcast. And it's now on Evertalk TV, available on Apple TV and Roku. And then after that, uh, you can totally slide into my DMs or connect with me on Instagram at Jazlyn. That's J-E-Z-L-A-N. You can visit my website for a link to all my socials and to see what I'm up to. That's Jazlyn.com. Or on Facebook, of course. I'm old school that way, and I still check it once in a while. <laughs> yes, Facebook is, has not died yet. <laughs> Nor will it ever. Well, I really appreciate you coming out here and sharing your story and getting to know you on a better level. And I'm happy to call you a friend. And thank you for taking the time to come. Oh, thank you, Franny. I'm so excited to be a part of your journey as you continue to claim your truth. Thank you so much for listening till the end. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share with your friends and subscribe so you can keep listening each week. Let me know your thoughts on what you heard this past hour by leaving a review, or you can contact me on claimingyourtruth.com or message me on Instagram at Friday Nicole on the go. I look forward to hearing what you all have to say. Thank you for being here, and I can't wait to share the next episode with you.